We see oftentimes, or we think oftentimes, that wisdom comes with experience or a long life. No. Wisdom solely comes from God. Now, you can gain knowledge from all those years, but wisdom comes from God. You get it from God. Rather than frantically trying to figure out everything by ourselves or getting answers from people like Dr. Phil or Oprah or even Pastor, rather than finding those people, we should go directly to the source, which is God. Now, it is, the Bible says to seek wise counsel, and I believe that's important, but we have an opportunity to go directly to the source, which is God, and ask for wisdom. The Bible says that God will give you wisdom. He'll give it generously. God is not stingy with his gift. If you ask, he will give it. This past couple of weeks, we've been going through a series through James. Pastor Randy shared, and we'll get into that here a little bit more. But let me share a quick statistic or or even story with you. In 1999, State Farm Insurance did did a survey of the most dangerous intersection in the whole country. And you won't know where this is. Maybe, if, maybe you do. But the, it was an intersection of the Beltline Road and Midway Road in Addison, Texas. Doesn't mean anything to you. But for context, there were 263 reported crashes in a year. 263 reported crashes at this intersection in Dallas. That averages to five wrecks per week. That's not counting the, the unreported fender benders. There's sometimes in life where we come to intersections in life in this journey of life, this road of life that we go through that are dangerous intersections. Just like this one that had 263 reported crashes, there's times in your life where you come to dangerous intersections. And sometimes we we refer to them as forks in the road. They're the moments where we have a choice to, that in, the, in that moment, the choice that we make or we don't make could set up our future. They could set up the course that could influence the rest of our journey. Do we stop? Do we go? Do we turn left? Do we turn right? Do we go ahead? Do we turn back? Do we stay put? Perhaps you feel like you're at a dangerous intersection in life right now. You're at this fork in the road moment. You're at this dangerous section. The Bible speaks of a divine resource that we can utilize when we come to those intersections, and it's called wisdom. How do we handle these situations? How do we handle these forks in the road? The Bible tells us that there's a divine resource called wisdom. There are many times when we'll approach one of these intersections, and we'll realize in that moment when we get to that fork in the road just how much we need wisdom, just how much of a shortage of wisdom we truly have. This is the very situation that James addresses in James 1, 5 through 8. If you have that, Aaron, go ahead and throw that up. James 1, 5 through 8. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything that they do. James had just finished, like I said, Pastor Randy, these past two weeks, has been going through a message in James. Last week, he spoke on faith. And faith, or faith works without faith is dead, and we, we, we do that through our deeds, 
correct me if I'm wrong, our deeds, our conduct, and our speech. So by the things that we do, the way we talk, and the way that we carry ourselves, we profess our faith. The week before he spoke on trials, James says that we rejoice in our suffering. That's hard to do, isn't it? Rejoice in suffering, in the trials in life. Rejoice. Can anybody say, I'm proud when suffering comes? I'm proud when hard times comes. No, but James is saying rejoice in the suffering. And when we see suffering, when suffering comes, we have to know how to handle it. And so he follows up with if any of you are lacking wisdom. And so if we have the trials that come, these fork in the road moments, these intersections where we feel lost and don't know which way to go, there's wisdom. We don't understand the cause of the trial or the purpose. Think with me for a minute. Have you ever been in a situation in a suffering moment, and you're thinking, what is the purpose in this? God, what are you trying to speak to me? Is there purpose in this pain? What I'm going through, is there a point in all this? We don't know the purpose. We don't know why it's happening. We begin to realize in those moments our shortage of wisdom. In this text, James tells us exactly what to do. I would summarize this whole text that we read and this message that you're going to hear today in one short statement. If you're taking notes, this is good to write down. Life creates a demand for wisdom, which God supplies when conditions are met. Aaron, I think it's a slide in. There it is. Life creates a demand for wisdom, which God supplies when conditions are met. We're going to break that down here in a minute. But before we get too far, let's, let's set some groundwork of what wisdom is. So what is wisdom? Wisdom and knowledge are both reoccurring ideas, themes throughout the whole Bible, and they're related to each other. Wisdom and knowledge are related to each other, but they're not synonymous. They're not the same word. The dictionary defines wisdom as the ability to discern or judge what is true, right, and lasting. Excuse me. Knowledge, on the other hand, is information gained through experience, reasoning, or acquaintance. And so we see the dictionary defines wisdom, again, as the ability to discern, to judge what is right, true, or lasting. Knowledge, on the other hand, is information gained through experience, reasoning, or acquaintance. Listen, knowledge can exist without wisdom, but not the other way around. Somebody can be knowledgeable, but not be wise. A person can be knowledgeable, again, without being wise. The world is full of educated fools, right? You probably know somebody that's really smart, but not so much wise. They got all the book smarts in the world, but not much wisdom. Knowledge is gathered over time through study and experience, but it can be said that wisdom acts properly upon that knowledge. Wisdom is the application of knowledge. Somebody can be book smart, but not wise. Wisdom is the application of knowledge. If that doesn't make sense, let me break it down a little bit more for you. Knowledge understands that the traffic light has turned red, which means to stop. Wisdom applies the brakes. Knowledge sees the quicksand and knows the danger of the quicksand. Wisdom walks around it. Knowledge is being aware of the Ten Commandments and the law of God. Wisdom obeys them. Knowledge learns of God. Wisdom loves God. And so we see that the, there's these two reoccurring ideas, knowledge and wisdom, but they're not synonymous. The, the world is full of educated fools. We live in the most skilled, 
knowledgeable, advanced generation ever. But yet at the same time, we're living at the most profane and violent generation ever. We have knowledge at our fingertips, right? Just Google it. If you need to know something, just Google it. But we lack wisdom. Wisdom begins with a certain kind of knowledge. True knowledge, according to Scripture, begins with God. Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. From a biblical perspective, if a person doesn't know God, who created all the, the universe, who revealed truth and set absolute laws in place, then that person cannot be wise. If they don't know God, then they cannot be wise. How could a person make a right choice without knowing God and his truth? So wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord, and that's a reverent fear. That's not, that's not a, I'm, I'm scared of God, which in sometimes it is, but it is a reverency of a relationship of knowing God. We gain a clear perspective of wisdom by looking at its opposite, by looking at the fool, by looking at foolishness. In Proverbs 1-7, it says, We learn that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. So if a wise person has a fear of the Lord, the fool rejects wisdom and discipline. The fool is the person who would contradict God's truth. The fool ignores the value system. The fool makes poor choices. Now that we have an idea of wisdom is all about, we've set up what wisdom is and what wisdom isn't, let's look more closely at what James says regarding wisdom. And so going back to this statement, life creates a demand for wisdom which God supplies when conditions are met. Let's break this down. God, life creates a demand for wisdom. If any of you lack wisdom, James begins verse 5 saying, if any of you lacks wisdom, he wasn't suggesting that others need wisdom and others don't. He wasn't saying some of you look like you need wisdom, others don't. No, what he's saying here is when you lack wisdom or since you lack wisdom, a lack of wisdom is a given. We all need wisdom. We all lack wisdom. We don't just need God's wisdom some of the time. We need God's wisdom all of the time. There are times that are going to be tough when we don't know exactly what choice to make or how to operate in a given situation. We don't know what decision to make that we need God's wisdom. Maybe that shows up in a multiple different ways. We need God's wisdom in our finances. Amen? You're saying, I have all this money coming in but then I don't know where it's at at the end of the month, or I'm in debt over my head. I need, I need wisdom when it comes to finances. Or maybe you're saying, I need wisdom in my family. I don't know how to parent my kids the way I should be. Or maybe you need, you need wisdom in relationships with your wife or your husband or spouse or coworker in the relationships that you have. You're saying, hey, this person is just getting on my nerves. Come on, come on. This person, I just can't, I need wisdom in how to handle this person. Maybe you need wisdom in work problems. Maybe you lost a job. Or maybe even you, you got a raise from a job. Is this the right move to be making in this situation? There's going to be areas in our life where we don't have a clear handle on what direction we need to take. We don't understand the, the, the necessary areas or the way that we need to go. And in those moments, we need wisdom. Now, this is very important to understand. If you don't realize the lack of wisdom, you'll never ask for wisdom. If you don't realize how much you need wisdom, you'll never ask for it. It's the arrogant person who thinks they never need counsel. 
It's the foolish person who refuses to admit his or her need for wisdom. We need wisdom. So question for you this morning. Has life created a demand for wisdom in you today? Is there an area of your life where you need wisdom? Do you face a situation you can't figure out? You don't know which way to turn or what to do or what to think? If you said yes to any of those, great. Now you're ready for step two. You've realized that life has created a demand. God supplies wisdom to those who what? To those who ask. All we have to do is ask. If you lack wisdom, ask God. Why? Because God is the source of wisdom. Proverbs says that wisdom is a divine gift. Wisdom is a divine gift. You don't get it by living a long life of experience or experiencing different things. You get it from God. I made a joke with Pastor Randy earlier this week. Here I am, a 27-year-old guy, speaking on wisdom when I haven't had the, wis- the, the experience that some people have had. I, I, I joked with him, wisdom comes with gray hair, and I have none. And so we see oftentimes, or we think oftentimes, that wisdom comes with experience or a long life. No. Wisdom solely comes from God. Now, you can gain knowledge from all those years, but wisdom comes from God. You get it from God. Rather than frantically trying to figure out everything by ourselves or getting answers from people like Dr. Phil or Oprah or even Pastor Rather than finding those people, we should go directly to the source, which is God. Now, it is the Bible says to seek wise counsel, and I believe that's important. But we have an opportunity to go directly to the source, which is God, and ask for wisdom. The Bible says that God will give you wisdom. He'll give it generously. God is not stingy with his gift. If you ask, he will give it. He knows how badly you and I need it. The word James uses here is without reserve. Without holding anything back, God will give you his wisdom, and he'll give it without finding fault. This word means without reproach or without insult. He's not going to demean you when you ask for wisdom. God will not insult you or make you feel an inch tall for coming to him and asking for wisdom. Have you ever been in a situation where you needed to ask somebody for something, but you just dreaded the way that they would respond in that situation? You need, maybe it was a financial thing. You needed to ask for money, or maybe you needed to ask for a ride, but you just dreaded how they would respond in that situation. You just knew that they were going to say something, okay, I'll give it to you this time, but if you weren't such a loser, I wouldn't have to. Okay, I'll, I'll help you out this time, but if you had your act together, I wouldn't have to do this for you. God is never going to be like that. God, the, James says that, the, that God gives without reproach, without insult. God's not like that when we ask for wisdom. Remember God's attitude toward gift giving. Jesus explained it in Matthew 7, verse 9. He pointed out that a good parent never insults the child who comes and asks for bread by giving him a stone. He doesn't give him a snake if he asks for a fish. So if you who are evil can give good gifts to your kids when they ask, how much more will God give good gifts when we ask him? God is willing to give you this gift, this divine gift of wisdom without reproach, without insult, without making you feel an inch tall when you ask for it. So again, I ask a question. Do you need wisdom today? Do you need wisdom? Ask. Ask. All we have to do is ask. God won't make fun of you. He won't insult you. He's not looking around at the angels as he dispenses wisdom and said, would you take a look at this guy? Asking for wisdom again. Would you take a look at this girl who needs wisdom again? God is not doing that. He delights to give you wisdom. He wants you to come to him and ask for it. Ask as many times as you need it. 
which for me is every day. Ask as many times as you need for it. So we see here that life creates a demand for wisdom. God supplies wisdom when we ask. Now there's one more thing that you need to see. Wisdom is supplied to those who ask in faith. How? Come on, participation. When we ask in what? In faith. We must ask in faith, not doubt. It'd be silly to ask something of a creator that we wasn't even sure existed. I don't know if that was correct grammar. It's, 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 it'd be silly to ask of something of a God that we weren't even sure existed. Or if he did exist, we're not even sure that he cares about us or that he, he even had the power to, to grant our request. So to ask God, we have to believe that he exists, that he personally cares for me, he personally cares for you, and that he's able to grant the wisdom that we ask for. We have to ask in faith. We must ask with an attitude of trust. It's possible, to, listen, living this life of faith, we're not ever going to have all the answers. If somebody told you if you become a Christian, you'll have all the answers, they lied to you. As a Christian, living a life of faith, we'll never have all the answers. It's possible to have questions of doubts within this larger context of deep trust in the Lord. We won't have the answers but it does mean that we're putting our trust in the one who does have all the answers. We're putting our trust and our faith in the one who does. It means that during our trials and our doubts, we take a stand on God's promises and we apply God's wisdom. In those tough times, we trust in him. With faith, without lacking, we trust in him. This is the kind of faith that brings stability to our lives during a tough time. During these forks in the road moments where you don't know which situation or how, how the situation is going to go, which way to turn, this is the kind of faith that brings stability, that regardless of the situation that I'm going through, I may not have all the answers, but I know someone who does. I know a God who has all the answers, and I'm putting my faith in him. We have to ask in an attitude of trust, and we must not doubt. The word doubt here that James uses means to dispute with oneself. It's kind of like this he loves me, he loves me not thing that goes on in your heart. This kind of inner inner dialogue that's going on where you're kind of disputing with yourself. James says that the doubter is like a wave of the sea being tossed around by the wind. Very unstable and insecure. Has anybody ever been in a boat during a storm? It's tossed around in a wave from one side to the other. This is what he's saying. A doubter is being tossed around in the way from one side to the other. They're insecure and unstable. The doubter should not expect to receive anything from God. The doubter is a double-minded person, unstable in all he does. This is interesting here, the double-minded part. This is uh, unique to this letter. This is just interesting to me. Hopefully it is to you. James is, is believed that James is the one that coined this idea of being double-minded. He was the first one to use it, and in, it, in this it literally means double-souled. Behind this term is the Hebrew of idea of being double-tongued or double-faced. But this term doesn't necessarily mean deceitfulness. This idea of being double-minded doesn't necessarily mean deceitful as much as it is divided loyalty. Being double-minded is like being a fence straddler. You're either here or there, neither here nor there. You're a fence straddler. They trust and they doubt. They hope for the best, but they expect the worst. This is not the type of person that God wants to give wisdom or that wants God's wisdom. Life 
Again, life creates a demand for wisdom, which God supplies when conditions are met. You know me. We're going to get out of here quick today. I love the words that Abraham Lincoln said when he said, I have been driven to my knees many times by the overwhelming conviction that I had nowhere else to go. Have you ever been there? Had nowhere else to go, nowhere else to turn to, so all I could do was go to my knees. My wisdom and that of all about me seemed insufficient for the day. I don't have the answers. Even Abraham Lincoln said, I don't, have, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to turn. I need wisdom. Can you identify with those words today? Do you have a problem which has exhausted your resources? You're looking at your situation. You're looking at your problem and saying, I don't know how to, turn, how to handle this. I don't know where to go. I don't know what answer to say. I, I, I need wisdom. Stand with me. Mason, if you'll come. Close your eyes this morning with me. I just want to take a moment. I want to reflect over our situation, over our life, and what's going on in it right now, and, and, and just question, do I need wisdom? You know, I was thinking earlier this week, if, if we were to poll the congregation and ask for 10 things that they need prayer for, would wisdom be on that list? We need wisdom. Every day, every morning, God, how would, you, how would you want me to operate in this day? God, I need wisdom to know how to handle this day. God, I need wisdom to know how to handle my financial problems. I need wisdom to know how to handle my marital problems. I need wisdom to know how to handle my children or my family or my coworkers or my job. The beginning of... of Getting that wisdom is knowing that we need the wisdom. And so again, I ask the question, do you need wisdom this morning? Are you looking for the answers but can't seem to find any? Has your wisdom and the wisdom of those around you fallen short? If it has, then there's hope. There's hope in the one who himself all wise delights to give his wisdom to those who ask with a trusting heart. All we have to do is ask the one who is all wise, all powerful. And the word says that he grants it ungrudgingly, without reproach, without insult. God would grant you the wisdom that you need. Do you need wisdom? I would venture to say not all of us are as wise as we want to be. We need wisdom. If I'm being transparent with you, I've needed wisdom this week. And I need wisdom in the weeks to come, knowing how to operate and how to move in situ certain situations. And so that if that's you this morning, if you need wisdom, would you just raise your hands? And say, God, would you grant me wisdom in how to operate or how to, how to move in this situation? 
God, would you grant me the wisdom, knowing that in faith, God, when we ask, God, you are faithful to return. God, give, give it back to us, Lord. And so we ask in faith, God, for wisdom. This altar is open this morning. If you'd like to pray, I'd love to pray with you. If you'd like to pray for wisdom, you, can, you feel free to do it from your seats. But again, this altar is open. If you need a healing touch from God, he's here this morning. If you need wisdom, God is faithful to grant that wisdom to you. God, I just pray, Lord, this morning, God, that you would grant us the wisdom that we need. First, God, that you would reveal the need of wisdom that we, the, the, the need that we have in our everyday life. God, in those trials, in those tough times, in those situations, God, that when we're supposed to rejoice in our suffering, God, that you give us the wisdom in how to operate in that trial. God, that you would reveal to us just the need that we have for your wisdom. And God, that we would ask for that, knowing that you will grant it for us. Lord, I just pray, God, the word that's been spoken this morning, God, that you would seal it on our hearts. God, that you would continue to reveal yourself to us in a mighty way. This morning, just reflect on the promise that God has given you, that if you ask for his wisdom, he'll grant it to you. And if, again, if you need prayer, this altar's open for you in this moment. Thanks for listening to the St. Mary's Church Podcast. If you made a decision to follow Jesus today or have more questions about following Jesus, we have pastors who want to talk with you. Connect with us at stmaryschurch.net or through social media on Facebook or Instagram. We can't wait to hear what Jesus is doing in you. Thank you.